Welcome to the Positive Pants Podcast. Mindset, motivation, and inspiration to help you find your positive pants. Let go of negative thinking and stop living for the weekend with your host, Fran Excel. So welcome to the show. As always, it's Fran Excel Mindset Coach helping you find your very own pair of positive pants so you can get out of your own way and live a life that you love. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm very grateful you've chosen to put me in your earbuds today. Please do hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything and do leave me a review. I love, love, love reading them and it really helps me get found by other people who need to hear what I share. I'd also love you to email me your mindset and productivity questions or topics you'd love me to cover um, to hello at franexcel.com because I know a lot of you think I'm inside your heads because you tell me all the time. But if I don't know what you need, I can't give it to you. So let me know. Hello, hello, and welcome to my very, very first interview guest bonus. So what I wanted to do with this content is interview people who I know have been through similar things where it feels like the world has come crashing down around them. The worst thing that could possibly happen has happened. And yet they now find themselves much bigger, better, stronger, happier for it. Because I really want to get that message out there because I know there's a lot of people at the moment feeling like the worst thing ever has occurred to them and their business. And it's not the case, hopefully. So what I'm going to do is have a little chat with my wonderful friend, Jessica Lorimer. If you don't follow her and if you don't know her yet, get on that because she's amazeballs. Um, and what I want to do is go through a little bit of Jess's story, where she's been and where she is now. And she sent this genius email the other day, which just kind of highlighted everything that I was trying to say in my head. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that and how she's handling the situation at the moment. So I hope this is helpful for you guys. And if there's anyone else you want me to interview, let me know. So beautiful Jessica Lorimer, introduce yourself. Well, thank you for having me on, firstly. And also, I am popping your interview cherry. I feel very, very honoured. <laughs> very honoured about that. So thank you. Um, I am Jess. I am a sales coach. I teach entrepreneurs how to sell their services into corporates. It doesn't sound sexy, but, you know, at the moment, it's everyone's thinking it's quite sexy. So this is this is my time to shine, as it were. This is my day in the sun, which is, is nice. Uh, it makes a nice change when you pivot in your business, usually it's a, a bit of a slog and it has been for 10 months. So it's actually nice to see it coming into fruition. It's lovely. Mm. So when you actually first started your business, it was because um, something happened to you personally that meant that you kind of felt like there weren't many options left. So talk us through that a little bit. So I, before I set up my business, I'd spent probably five or six years in corporate sales, which is, as we all know, an environment where people burn out very quickly and you work very, very long hours, very, very hard. And it's a, a kind of hard and fast environment. And I'd spent my time traveling, setting up new sales divisions for huge brands around the world. And I was sat down with my doctor one day. I felt really, really just ill. I just couldn't explain it, couldn't put my finger on it. And I went for lots and lots of tests. And I sat there and he said to me, um, you have ME. 
and ME is basically a chronic immune uh, condition and it is an umbrella condition so it has lots of other things that come into it chronic fatigue um, osteoporosis um, types of arthritis fibromyalgia lots of awful things and he said if you don't live with this in the right way if you don't give up your job if you don't figure out a way to manage your time better and manage your health you'll be in a wheelchair by the time you're 35. Wow. And it was awful. I mean, I was 20, 24 and I just kind of went, oh. And when you're 24, you think the world is, you know, it's everlasting, right? You're invincible. And I was getting up every day at five o'clock to go to work. I was putting in, you know, 14 hours at my desk. Then I was going for after work drinks every single night. We had something called the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night club. Um, (laughs) Bit of a mouthful, but it worked. Um, You know, I was going out with clients. I was um, taking my BlackBerry home and I was scrolling through at weekends. I was working hard, playing hard, traveling a lot. And to be told that actually you had to give all of that up, this kind of lifestyle that actually I thought was really glamorous. I always say to people, if I hadn't had this, I would have stayed in corporate sales my whole life. I loved it. I loved the adrenaline. I loved the travel. I loved getting to know different people. I loved my job. It wasn't the case that I'd kind of come out of the corporate world because I didn't like it. I loved everything about it, but physically my body was like, nope, this is, this is it for you. Um, and so I went to my boss and I explained the situation and he said, you know what, you're a top performer and that's great for us. But reality is we don't do flexi working here. So you've got three months gardening leave, Mm. figure it out. And, and so I had to set up my business, um, just having been diagnosed with something that I didn't really understand. And that, you know, when you are diagnosed with ME, they explain to you, it's, it's not a curable condition. There are things that they can do to make it better, but it's a lot of experimentation and they don't really understand why it happens. And they don't really understand how there's no like generic way to manage the the condition. So I went through, you know, a year of trying like acupuncture, aromatherapy, various different types of medication, nerve suppressants, immunosuppressants, steroids, like steroid injections directly into my ligaments, like all of these kinds of things at the same time as trying to build a business and building business isn't easy. We all know that. Um, so yeah, it was, it was interesting. And I, I always say to people, my first three months in business, I absolutely sucked. I was terrible. I completely forgot everything that I should have been focusing on. I got very, very sucked into, um, the online space, the vanity metrics that, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I've got to have a really pretty website and I've got to focus on like learning how to use Canva and all this kind of stuff that made no difference whatsoever um, well I, I mean <laughs> Canva is ideal I must admit I've even got the app on my phone now because I just think <laughs> it's really fun to play around with <laughs> um but yeah so the first three months were, were really it was a slog it was really really hard work and I was fortunate you know in that I'm somebody who is quite um I'm quite type A. So when things aren't going my way, I don't necessarily look around and go, oh, it's it's not fair or, oh, well, it's all so much easier for somebody else. I tend to be quite self-critical. And in some ways that's actually worse, I think, because you're always like, oh my God, I could have done everything so much better. Yeah. Um, so you have this ability to beat yourself up a bit. But I kind of pulled up my big girl pants and um, I had a chat with my mum 
And she said to me, um, I was having a particularly down day and I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's harder than I thought it would be. And she went, well, I don't understand you. She was like, you keep telling me there are all these people out there who are so successful. She said, you know, if, if they can all do it, what's so special about you that you can't? Like, what's wrong with you? And I was just like, oh my God. And it was the slap in the face that I needed, yeah. you know? And, and that was the wake up call. And after then I worked a lot harder on the things I should have been working on. And, you know, my business did six figures in six months and then it, it grew exponentially from there for about five years. I was really, really happy with it. And then obviously last year happened. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So tell us a little bit about that, because obviously I've lived through all of this with you. <laughs> um, last year. So I think I think it's important to say, like, when people define successful businesses, and, and my business has been very successful in some of the things that matter, um, you know, in terms of revenue, it's been an incredibly successful business for the last five years uh, or six years now. We're uh, in year six. Um it's been incredibly successful in terms of like building a really engaged audience uh, and a really loyal following and, and all of those kinds of things. And I was really, I worked really hard for it. I think that's the key thing. It wasn't lucky. And I always try and stay away from saying, Oh, it was lucky or it was easy or anything. Cause it wasn't, it was really hard and, and it took a long time. But last year, I think it's, um, sometimes we can get so caught up in looking at the successful businesses and thinking, oh, well, it must be so much easier for them because their life is just easy. They're earning loads of money. They've got a team that can help them and things. So last year I spent out of 365 days, I spent 267 crying, like not all day, every day. Cause obviously that would be very, um, very awkward. And I think, you know, you're not supposed to expel that much water from yeah. my body but yeah. <laughs> um last year was a really challenging year on on both a personal front and a professional front I had got to a point um in a long-term relationship I was with the person that I thought I was going to be with forever um and unfortunately that didn't work out and it was a very prolonged you know I think everybody has been in that relationship where they haven't wanted it to end and the other person sort of has been half in half out and so it's very, very challenging to manage on an emotional level. And so I was going through all of that kind of behind the scenes with uh, a partner who was half in, half out and away and here. And, and that was really, really hard. And then on top of that, I realized that the business that I built, I wasn't in love with anymore. Yeah. And so in about, I think it was maybe March, March 2019, I kind of went, oh, okay, actually, this is, this is the year that I have to burn a lot of things down. Mm -hmm. And then subsequently spent about nine months burning everything down and feeling really crappy about it. So if you are somebody who sat there and you're thinking, oh, you know, my life isn't working out in the way I expected, or my business isn't working out in the way that I expected. I've been there. And it isn't easy. And it's, you know, like I say, 267 days out of 365 spent, you know, in tears at some point throughout the day, either on the phone to my poor mother <laughs> or to my friends and, and just, you know, kind of sat there and being like, oh my God, I have to get through this. Because I think, you know, one of the things that you have to realize is there are going to be really, really tough times. Unfortunately, the only way is through. Yeah. Like you can't skip out on it. 
100%. And if I could have just, you know, realized in March, oh my goodness, I'm going to go through all this upheaval in my business, in my personal life. I'll just skip through to, you know, next March and, you know, that'll be fine. I would have absolutely done it. I would have pushed the button like that, you know, quicker than you saying bolt off the line. I'd have been like, yep, great. <laughs> skip me through to next April. Everything will be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the way life works. Yeah. You know, you, you have to go through that growth um, period and, and that you bit. You yourself those lessons because they're the things that make us. A hundred percent. And you have to really... I think we use the phrase like digging deep quite a lot online and people don't always understand what that means. Mm. And they talk about digging deep and they're like, oh yeah, it means like being really vulnerable in your content or, oh, you know, it means like working a little bit harder than normal to find, um, find time to generate revenue or, or build an audience or whatever that looks like. And for me, last year was about digging deep mentally yeah. And about, you know, really looking at, okay, with the energy that I have, how can I best show up to serve my clients, to stay resilient enough to make sure that they are getting the right care and attention um, and the best possible uh, support that I can give them mm-hmm. with everything else going on? How can I manage my mental energy and capacity to do that? How can I physically make sure that I'm taking care of myself so that, you know, I don't have a health episode um and then the business side of it how can i uh justify burning down something that is incredibly successful to build something that might not work (laughs) and and you know all of it was was terrifying Mm. there's nothing scarier than that I, i i don't I really, you know, when it came to digging deep, it wasn't about like, oh, you know, maybe I'll put in an extra effort at the weekends. It was every single day, right? How can I show up for myself in the best way on a personal front, on a professional front? How can I make this happen? Mm-hmm. And there were days that I did it better than others. Mm-hmm. And know, that's the thing, I think. I think everybody, especially at the moment, everybody's trying to be perfect every day. But the reality mm-hmm. is that perfect doesn't exist because what is perfect to you is completely different to someone else is completely different to someone else but it's having that self-awareness to be able to take a little bit of a step back and go hang on a minute what do I need right now what do I actually need and that that big scary thing about burning a business to the ground when you've got something that's so successful but that honesty that you were able to have with yourself about what you wanted for your life is so 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 important because I see so many business owners that a huge amount of people that come to me are very much kind of like, Oh, I don't know why I'm holding myself back. And the reality is they're holding themselves back because they have had shiny object syndrome. They've bought all the things they've followed like 20 different people and got this amalgamated thing that is actually nothing to do with them, their Mm -hmm. values, their beliefs, what, how they want to run their lives. All of these things work. They all have their merits. But for example, if, if, if you're learning from somebody who does everything in, in Facebook groups and you fundamentally hate Facebook, the reality is there is no deep, dark secret in your mindset that you need to dig down and find. The reality is you're just building something that you don't want. But to be able to have that honesty, to take that step back and go, right, I'm going to get honest about this now and I'm going to pivot. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to go back into that being being very consciously incompetent and doing everything that's new and everything that feels awkward and everything that feels rubbish, but I'm going to build something that is right for me. Mm. 
And I think we've got a massive opportunity for that right now. And I, I think, you know, it was one of the things I was saying to, to you just before we hopped on and the thing with your email that I want to go through <laughs> was it's this thing of everybody's got an opinion. And I talked about it in um, a podcast episode previously. Everybody's got an opinion, but everybody's going through their own stuff. And I found myself, there was one morning, and thankfully it was short-lived because I, I, I used my tools, but I woke up feeling bad for not feeling bad, which is actually ridiculous, right? <laughs> I've had ridiculous. That, so yes, I hear yeah. you. <laughs> kind of like, and I was thinking to myself, and I had a conversation with Tobin, and I was like, what is this? I was like, am I denying something? Because obviously there's been all this talk about toxic posi- positivity. And I'm like, dude, am I missing something here? And I was really, really digging around in the noggin to try and I'm like, what am I, what am I not seeing here? Or, or what am I ignoring? And it kind of occurred to me that I've been there, done it and got the t-shirt, which is why I then wanted to start these interviews because we lost everything six years ago. I mean, the humiliation, the ego on the floor, the stuff that we went through going from feeling like we had it all to literally in a matter of weeks, having like lost our home, lost our business, had to move in with my mother-in-law. Oh my goodness. I've been there, done it and got the t-shirt. So I'm not scared. I'm not scared. And I use the tools. But that's it. A lot of people right now, like I know that it's it's maybe an unpopular opinion, but people talk to me all the time and they say, oh, but we've never been here before. This is unprecedented. Mm. And I'm like, well, do you know what? Unfortunately, it isn't like we may not have been here before exactly ourselves but in 1918 there was a great flu pandemic and it ripped through the world and it killed an awful lot of people and so you might not have been alive through that but it did happen the world has been here before Mm. you know if we look at the the major events of the last 10 years you know we look at the economic downturns the financial recession of 2008 then we had 9-11 and that caused a huge huge change and a massive ripple effect across different industries and, and finances we had the double dip recession that year you know there are lots of things that have happened maybe this exact situation has not yeah. but there are lots of things that have and so people have this big fear of the unknown course and actually you know yes it is scary of course it is but the reality is you have to be prepared to deal with this for a prolonged period this isn't going to go away overnight and so unfortunately you know you get to be in that initial period of like complete shock of oh my goodness this is all new this is scary this is uncomfortable this is the unknown which is most people's worst fear it's it's why most people are really scared i'm terrified for example of flying because i just i don't know how the plane works and i don't really trust how the plane works <laughs> so for me it's that fear of the unknown but a lot of people worry about it and and so unfortunately when you've been through other things like you and Tobin have been through or like I've been through or people who've had other, you know, massive life upheavals or business changes and and things like that. This situation, we already have some kind of recollection of what it's like to face the unknown every day. And so actually it doesn't feel as scary. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that's really hard to explain to people because I'm not somebody who is like eternally optimistic. I'm, I would say I'm quite a cynical person, but throughout all of this, I've been really calm and it's not because I'm not worried about the health aspects. Of course I have family and 
and things like that that I worry about. And obviously I'm immune compromised. So I occasionally I worry about that, but the other aspects of it, the business piece and, you know, the economy and, and things like that. I've seen this before. Mm. I know this, this is, this is where actually my skills are, are best spent during this time. So the reality is that now is a really good time to reassess what you're doing. Is it what you love? And if it's not, you get to have your moment of burning it down now and, and yeah. changing it into something that you want. You know, this is a huge opportunity. Making that exciting rather than yeah. scary. Yeah. It's like when you go through the big, like big stuff in life, it, it does wire you differently. 100%. You know, that's a big part of it. And, and it's something that we know. And it's something that I'm always trying to teach people through the podcast and through Instagram and anywhere else that I am, any events I'm speaking at. I'm, I'm trying to get across to people that the way you're thinking now is not how you're going to think in a week, in a month, in a year. So don't let it consume you. It's emotional intelligence at the end of the day. And it's using, and one of the things, the reason I, I'm doing posting replays at the moment on the podcast is the message is, this stuff is for every single day. This stuff works. And it's another massive reason why I feel so calm in the chaos. I've lost a lot of money. We've all lost a lot of money. It's an inevitable part of this process at the moment, but I completely trust and have faith that that's going to come back to me. 100%. You know, it's using the tools and the resources that we've already got. If ever there was a time to remind people that they've already got the answers instead of freebie hunting and thinking, Oh, I need this and I need that. And I can't do anything until I have this. These simple basic tools are what keeps you calm in the chaos. The meditating, the reframing, the uh, like all of these different things. It's so easy that we forget and that's the thing like you I mean it's, it's so interesting for me like when you talk about people downloading loads of free stuff um it's interesting how people hang on to things when they feel like they're losing control yeah absolutely and I think you know I did this last year I hung on to a relationship that clearly was not going to work out me and Fran had many a glass of wine over this oh and yeah in fact, I think there was a Monday night that we actually <laughs> got out on a Monday <laughs> um, and, and drank uh, quite a considerable amount of alcohol and, and discussed it at length. And, you know, one of the things that you said to me actually was, was really interesting and it stuck with me for the, the rest of the however long it took um, uh, my ex to make the, the final call on it and act like a complete pillock in the meantime. But hey, ho, like we're not bitter on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you said to me it can be the right person, but the wrong time. Yeah. And I remember thinking about that and thinking, well, no, because if it's the right person, like you, you make the time. And I really, really hung on and hung on and hung on to something that was just not the right thing for me. Yeah. And I hung on in spite of that because it didn't matter what happened. I was like, but this is the right person. Mm -hmm. And maybe the time will just play itself out. And I thought that I could save that situation and the reality was there was nothing I could have done there was nothing I could have done differently there was nothing that I could have um said or you know saved mm. however at the end of it all even though it was pretty horrific I didn't regret what I'd done at all yeah. because one of the things that I'd said to you was I'm prepared to give this 100% yeah. and if it doesn't work out then I know that I did everything I could Mm -hmm. And this is how I see the current crisis, like people hanging on to freebies 
and they're like, oh my God, I must download more because they're so afraid to lose that control. When the reality is, if you show up and you do the work and you use the, you know, the mindset techniques that you're learning from Fran and and things on the podcast, and you show up for your business a hundred percent during this time, however that looks for you, you know, and you show up for yourself a hundred percent for during this time, whatever that looks like for you, then the reality is that when we get to the end of this, because there will be an end, mm-hmm. when we get to the end of it, you will have no regrets. Yeah. Because whether it works or doesn't, or what you, you, what you learn from it in the meantime, becomes, mm-hmm. well, actually, I'm really proud of myself because I did everything I said I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And I get to feel good about that. I get to own my personal responsibility. I showed up in the best way for me, in the best way for my business, and the best way for, you know, me and my kids to homeschool them or not homeschool them or whatever you're doing right you get to look back at that and say this is what I chose and I did it and I felt better as a result yeah and that's good for you yeah it's owning it but but the whole the, the kind of message behind that is you know the age old like if you love them let them go sort of thing oh and, yeah and it's a little bit of if you can let something go that you're attached to that you, you know, you're trying to maintain that control. You're trying to attach anything that you can to make sure that you main, maintain any element of control over that situation. If you can let that go and trust that if that's the right thing for you, it's going to come back. Exactly. Then that's going to be so much more powerful in the long run. FYI, thank God it hasn't. <laughs> but, but seriously, on a, on a business perspective. Talk to me I in a few that. years. Talk to me in a few years. <laughs> From a business perspective, you know, I did exactly the same thing, but took a different route. I went, okay, do you know what? This is not working for me. It's very clear that this isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. And I burnt it all down and I felt so much better, so much quicker. Yeah. And that's the thing. At the moment, everyone is leaning into, oh my God, I must regain control. So I'm going to download everything. I'm going to consume gonna more information. Yeah, I'm going to be on the newsfeed. I'm going to discount my stuff. I'm going to give her loads away for free. I'm going to try and shop as a leader, however that's supposed to be. And they're, they're feeling worse as a result because you're not leaning into the fact that right now you don't have a lot of control and that's okay. Yeah. You know, if you decide right now, okay, well, actually, I'm going to lean into this and think, well, what can I assess? What do I really like at the moment? What can I do more of? What would I enjoy? What would I not enjoy? You know, use this as the opportunity to build something you actually want. Then you're going to fight it for months and months and months. And it's not going to feel good and it's not going to feel authentic. And it's probably not going to produce the return you want anyway. Mm -hmm. So the best thing you can do is to just relinquish that control for a little bit and go, look, I'm just going to see how this pans out. Yeah. Because the reality is, is if you are building something that is a little bit against your values or not really what you want, you are 100%. This is a guarantee. You are going to sabotage yourself yeah. from success. You are. 100%. I mean, I made the decision in my head in March last year that the business that I built was not the business I wanted to continue building. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until June. So clearly I'm a slow decision maker. I want to just throw this out here. Like everyone who's like, oh, you've got to move <laughs> fast and do this and do that. Look, there are some things I can face. <laughs> and there are some things I don't. Um, but you know, I made the decision in, in March and, and it was big. You know, it involved me shutting down my membership mm. site, which I'd run for two and a half years and I was really attached to. Um, 
and I know I really cared about the people in it. I was, I was really worried that they'd go off and buy from people who weren't qualified or wouldn't mm. give them the right support. And, you know, I'm worried about that. I worried about shutting down all of the other sources of my income that had been um, contributing, you know, a huge amount to the profit line of my business. Um, and then I decided that I would set up the, the first corporate event. And that was terrifying because I hadn't done an event in like two years. So I didn't really know how that was going to pan out either. And it wasn't an event that the industry had seen in a while. You know, there weren't tons of speakers or anything. It was just me for two days. And, and you know, that was scary. So it took me three months to make the decision. And I remember coming into the membership and, and you were there, I think, actually, on the live stream when yeah. I shut it down. And I said, look, you know, I just, this isn't working for me anymore. And I'm really sorry about that because I want to show up for you guys. But the reality is I can't show up for you if it doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't be fair to keep this running just because I'm like, oh, well, I could just keep it running and give it the bare minimum and whatever. It just didn't feel right. And I, I couldn't change that. And so I needed to shut it down. I um, stopped selling all of my other courses by January this year mm -hmm. um, and we launched new offers um, and we're probably on track to do about 750k this year from an entirely new revenue stream wow. um, which is a lot quicker than uh, the last time yeah. I set up the business so you know <laughs> winner <laughs> It's kind of like it's it's when you're hanging on to something that doesn't feel right. It's also not allowing the space for the right stuff to come in mm -hmm. because you're not going to look for those opportunities because it will actively get in the way of where you want to be. It's like it, with me at the moment, I'm looking at a lot of increasing product revenue stream mm -hmm. to my business, and obviously, I'm making the positive pants planner, which is going to be very excited about it awesome i'm so excited there's so many people on the wait list now if you want in it's franexcel.com forward slash ppp waitlist um and you'll be the first to know and it it's scary to do that because it's a lot of cost up front and obviously then covid19 hit and i was like oh fudge because yeah. i was going to just outlay all of the money myself and i was like geez that's not clever that's not a clever move right now so now it's taking me a little bit longer because i'm going to kickstarter it Mm -hmm. you know because it's just looking at those different ways it, things don't just stop because there's a block in the road or an obstacle and you've got to look at things about what's actually clever to do right now and what's not what is a wise decision to make for your business and what is not and right now outlaying that level of of, of revenue mm -hmm. to just get it built is not clever so how can you think differently yeah. this is what I'm always trying to say to people like how can you think yeah. differently but also how can you think without ego? Because mm. I think one of the biggest things, um, you know, one of the biggest reasons that I see people not changing their business or not burning things down or not, not doing things the way they want to is because they're so scared that their ego is going to take a hit. What if people don't think I'm the leader anymore? What if people don't think I'm the expert anymore? What if people think that, uh, you know, my business is failing? And I've always said to people, you know, if I needed to, I would go and get a job in a supermarket tomorrow. Yeah. Actually, I hear there are a lot of jobs in there. There are a few. <laughs> <laughs> I would be quite in. Um, if you know someone who's done this, they've, sure, they've been resourceful. They've got an incredible business, but it's event-led. So they've gone yeah. and they're, they're being an Amazon driver. So what? But that's the thing. And I'm like, that is brilliant. 
Yeah. I think it's brilliant because the the bit that holds people back from doing it, the whole, oh yeah, but what if people think this, that, and the other? Yeah. I don't really care what people think. I know. The reality (laughs) is, you know, if I was supplementing my business, if I was still generating income that I could then use to scale my business or invest in my business or, you know, do something completely different or fund it for a while or whatever that needed to happen, then as far as I'm concerned, it is successful because it's still going. And that's the thing, you know, the, the bit that really frustrates me is that at the moment people are being shamed because it's like, Oh yeah, well, if you're not sat at home and you're not spending 24 seven, like figuring out how to run a business in this time and you're stressed about money and blah, 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 blah. You shouldn't be going and getting a job. You should be doing this die hard entrepreneur, blah, blah, blah. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Oh yeah. I just think it's crap. Like (laughs) there's no point. If, if you have a big, financial worry at this time take what is available to you you know the uk government are doing some great things around you know loans and grants and credit and all this kind of stuff mortgage deferments vat deferments tax you know late tax payments all this kind of thing yeah take advantage of it yeah like they're not going to offer it again there is never going to be a time in your life again where you're going to see a national entity go okay well here you go we'll we'll help you we'll support yeah. you do whatever you want what's going to make it easier because i know that if somebody had said to me last year you know jess you're going to burn down a really successful business you may or may not have income by the end of the year uh would you like to defer your mortgage payments defer your vat payments defer your tax payment <laughs> i'd have been like sign me up <laughs> that would have made me feel a lot better about making the decision yeah. The reality is so many of us put off making the decision because we justify it. We go, oh yeah, but you know, I'll just wait for that next payment to come through and then I'll do it. Oh, I'll just wait for this next round of course to finish and then I'll do it. And the reality is there's never going to be a good time, but there is not going to be a good time to change your business. There's not going to be a good time to pivot. There's not going to be a good time to burn anything down. There's not going to be a good time to end a relationship. There's not going to be a good time to start one. Like, so figure it out, you know, and, and do it when you know it needs to be done Mm. don't sit on it until you think it's going to be the right time because the reality is that right time is never going to happen there's always going to be something yeah always yeah and that's the thing and it's just having that ability to look at it for what it is without attachment without ego and say okay if i was advising someone else and what to do right now what would i be saying Exactly. You know, because we, we so often we get so caught up in our own emotions and our own thoughts and our own feelings towards things that actually we miss the obvious solutions, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, that is and it's why, that learned skill, you know. But that's why it's useful to have a coach or somebody to guide you through it. That's why if you, you know, if you're struggling with mindset and you haven't like invested with Fran yet, you have to look at well, what's actually stopping me. What mm-hmm. advice would I be giving to a friend if they they were coming to me and saying, oh, well, I'm really struggling with this. Mm. You would go, we'll go and get some help with it. So if yeah. you're not allowing yourself to do the same thing, you have to really look at why that is, you know, and is it, oh, well, it's now just not a good time because insert reason here. Yeah. And the reality is, is that ever going to change? Is there going to be something else in two weeks or four weeks or six months or 12 months that is going to make it any different? And it's probably not. Because we always like to prioritize the things that aren't ourselves. And that's the thing with mindset is it's prioritizing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And quite often people come to me when they're at that breaking point, when they're like, I know I'm not going to go any further unless I sort this out. 
And and the irony is the thing that frustrates me the most, which is why I launched the Power Hours, is because sometimes, and I said this actually on my Instagram stories yesterday, it's like, be careful of labeling what you think your problem or issue is because it stops you actively finding the right one. And sometimes you can agonize for months over something that if you just get asked the right question can be turned around like that. Yeah. And it it hurts me sometimes because I'm like, Oh, I wish you'd come to me a few months ago or (laughs) something like that. That's the thing that people always say this to me. They go, Oh, I wish I'd found you a year ago. I know, you get, I know you get the same thing. People come to you when it's like, oh, I'm at my last resort. But the reality is, and it's so interesting because I sit there and I go, in business, I'm a very quick decision maker. I'm somebody who's like, right, this wasn't working for my business. So, okay, yeah. yes, it took me three months to, to go and actually do the doing, but it was relatively quick. I look at other areas of my life you know, and I, I will absolutely say it, relationships are one of the areas that I will just be like, oh my God, I don't want to touch anything in case it breaks. And, and I will wait until the last possible minute. Um, I used to actually be really proud of myself. I've never dumped anyone. Do you know that? Never. I've never, ever done it. Um, because I'm the person, last possible minute until I really have to do something because that makes me feel uncomfortable. But I was the, the reality. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Next right, I'm going to dump you before you get the opportunity. <laughs> you have to send me that on, on like a, a little post or something. Um, but it, but it's true. And and I think you know if I applied, if I could apply that to everything in my life, which I now will, having learned those lessons, you go right. Okay, so next time, what did I take away from this? Right, yeah. I'm not going to wait so long. I'm not going to wait until I'm the one who's upset all the time. I'm not going to wait until X, Y, and Z. And I think a lot of people who if you've experimented with courses, you know, if you've bought from business coaches time and time and time again, and you've always bought the same kinds of stuff, like you've mm-hmm. always bought the, oh, you're going to make 5k in five minutes. And this comes from a sales coach, right? So, you know, take it from me. <laughs> if you've always bought those kinds of courses and they have not worked for you, mm-hmm. don't buy another one. Like you're buying the same <laughs> course. <laughs> yeah. Because you're the missing piece. So that's it. Look at why it's not working for you and then do something about that. Like equally, if you've bought every single marketing course on the planet, don't buy another one. Look at what, you know, did you actually implement it? Did you do the work? If you didn't go and do the work, don't buy another thing. And this is what I think people need to understand. You don't always get to self-diagnose your problem because yeah. you are not the person who is best able to be objective about it. Mm. So the best you can do is go and talk to people and go, okay, these are the symptoms, just like you would a doctor. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me what it is that the issue actually is. And then take take the advice and do something with it. Like, you know, nothing changes if you don't. Yeah. It's my fa- my favorite thing in the world is when someone comes to me. Normally it's money mindset. But yeah. someone comes to me and was like, right, this is my this is my problem, but I need you to fix this. Yeah. And then something really tiny will come up in the conversation. I'm like, okay, that's the root of your problem. And then they, they this visible weight lift and this is why I do video calls as well, because I used to, I worked with a coach once and it was over phone rather than video. And I was like, I can't I can't deal with it. I need to read people. And uh, that's the magic that's the magic stuff but this is the thing is uh, like I keep saying with everything that's going on at the moment there is no right or wrong it's just a bunch of opinions it's just a bunch of projections you know and I'm keeping trying to encourage people 
to only go where they feel good. So for me, Instagram makes me feel good. I enjoy Instagram. I don't get stuck in the scroll because I also time block. <laughs> but it's but Facebook for me right now is is stupendously toxic. Oh, it's horrendous. Like, but that's for me. I see other people absolutely loving it and that's their source of, you know, everything that they need right now. But for me, it's absolutely toxic. Facebook for me is like Jeremy Kyle. Depending where you come from. Like I have never, and and I say this a lot about the platform. It's a load of people who the internet in general is, is a load of people who have a load of opinions who can put it wherever they want. And I have never seen so many epidemiologists and virologists yeah. and medical experts in my news theories. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like why are you all, you know, doing whatever you're doing? You should be going and working in a hospital. Of course. And they're not, because they're not experts. They are people who are sat on Facebook who are reading the information that they are reading, who have an inherent bias one way or the other. And I know because I have an inherent bias. That's why I don't write about stuff on Facebook because yeah. I might inadvertently say something that would be wrong that would give somebody the wrong advice and that would be really dangerous i don't want to do that i don't want to be responsible for that not one size fits all and that's the thing there's a lot of people giving opinions in a from a position of trust and making people feel all these different things you know shaming so that's the biggest thing for me is the shaming of of pretty much everything it seems at the moment you can't Um, yeah, but this is why I love you because we're very similar in that kind of like, look, I'm going to start, this is my opinion on things and I'm going to share my opinion. I'm going to stick to that. That's not to say that if somebody says something and I'm like, actually, do you know what? That's a really good point. My opinions can be changeable, but for now, this is what I believe. This is what I feel. This is going to be the long yeah. road, right? And that's the thing. And I, I've been very big on, on coming out and saying, look, I'm not going to be doing all of this stuff that is going to be relevant to you for a matter of, of hopefully a short a short amount of months you know what I want people to understand is you can go through the horrendous stuff the things where it feels like your life has completely fallen apart mm-hmm. and there's simple tools to help you get back out of that and it's trusting the fact that you've got to do what's right for you and if that is sushi rolling into the duvet in your PJs with the Ben and Jerry's for a little while, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah. said this to a client last night, actually. I, you know, nobody ever drowned by falling in the water. They drowned by staying there. Yeah. And this is the big thing that I'm seeing at the moment is there's a lot out there of, of people kind of allowing people to make excuses for themselves, to themselves. You know, saying, if you feel bad, feel bad. That's cool. Absolutely feel your negative emotions because they're there for a reason. They're, they're telling you something. They are there to help. And I know a lot of people are like, what? <laughs> there are a few episodes on this. However, feeling them and giving yourself a bit of a time limit and saying, right, this is how I'm going to get out of it. Because you cannot make a good decision from a negative place. So what people are actively doing when they're saying those posts, it's like giving people a sigh of relief that they get to stay where they are and make excuses and not take action. They get to stay where they are and wallow and have self-pity and be validated by other people. It's this whole secondary gains piece of the puzzle. And it's one of the trickiest, stickiest bits of mindset work is working out what those secondary gains are. What do you get that's a positive from staying in this negative? And it's just, you've just got to be super, super careful right now about who you're listening to, even if that's me, if I trigger you, first ask yourself why. But second of all, unfollow me. 
don't listen. If I'm not what you need to hear right now, that's totally cool with me. And it would be totally cool with Jess. It's like, it's, yeah, you've got to own what you think, your opinion. Yeah. But the other thing is, you know, I think it's, it's so interesting because I'm, I'm, we've talked about this before and I, I talk about this a lot in the stuff that I teach. You know, people are so caught up in like, oh, but what if people don't like what I say? Well, it's one of my faves. Those people, like, so what? They don't like what you say. You know, there are lots of people out there who like me and that's great. There are a lot more people out there who don't like me. That's also great. And it's not something I aim for. I don't aim for people to dislike me. It's just that some of the things I do make them dislike me. During this Corona crisis, you know, I've had more people email me and say, Jess, I think it's really awful that you're going to continue to sell during coronavirus. And I was like, okay, yeah. cool. Well, that's fine. You don't have to buy. Goodbye. Like, there's nothing else I can say. I, I don't care. And it's not because I don't care from a human perspective. Like, I do care that people are feeling afraid at this time and they're worried about family and all this kind of stuff. But the reality is my job is not to show up for you in the way that you want me to show up because that makes you feel better. That's the thing. My job is to show up in the way that is best going to serve you. And sometimes that doesn't look how you want it to look. Hmm. So unfortunately, you know, there, there's always going to be a bit of a gap between what you want to hear and what I'm going to say. And we can't control what other people are going to feel when we say things we can't control somebody else's reaction to what we do mm -hmm. we can only put it out there with the best of intentions mm -hmm. and and that's the thing and so for me when I'm creating content or, or when I'm looking at anything at this time and then anytime really in business I go is this really what needs to be said Mm. Is this really how I feel? Is this really something that I would absolutely 100% stand behind? And if it is, I'll put it out. And if it isn't, I don't. And that's why I'm not producing endless content on the coronavirus. Because I honestly, am I a doctor? No. Should you be taking advice from me or any kind of information that I say about coronavirus? Absolutely bloody not. I don't yeah. know anything <laughs> about coronavirus. Like, that's the reality. Go and look yeah. at... WHO website, go and look at the BBC website, yeah, go and do what the NHS is telling you to do. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to me. I know nothing about it. I couldn't, couldn't be more wrong if I tried. Mm -hmm. The reality is what I do know is how to build businesses during recessions, how to keep you making money, how to help you sell to corporates during this time. Those are the things I'm good at. So I'm going to stick to those and I'm going to keep showing up and doing that mm -hmm. because that's the only way I can help by helping other people continue to you know, plug the economy gaps, make sure they're moving, keep their finances in play, doing all the things that will help them be more successful when all of this is done. You know, it, it baffles me. Because it will be at some point. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. You know, six months time, everyone's going to be like, oh, coronavirus, what was that? Because we have very short memories as human beings. You know, last, what was it, February, everyone's like, oh, be kind and now it's like oh my god please fight each other in the supermarket for a toilet roll judge you know, everybody <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a weeks. it's like that scene from game of thrones though, yeah. when the, where she's walking through and they're like ringing their bells and they're like shame, shame. <laughs> you know, it, it is this kind of thing and I, I i get it but i also see the ridiculousness of it you know i sounds like go and be a leader not everybody wants to be a leader yeah, and everybody has a different opinion on what a leader is and what it looks exactly. like. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and, you know, over the last few weeks, I've been penalized. People are like, oh, well, you're not a leader because you're not showing up with endless free content. Oh, you're not a leader because you're oh, not yeah. discounting your stuff. Oh, you're not a leader because you're not definitely. going off on a zillion webinars or a million video series. And, and I think, well, do you know what? There's a lot of pressure in this whole leadership thing. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone wants you to do something. And ultimately, my job, unfortunately, sometimes I think, well, I've become a leader, but I don't really know how that happened. Yeah. I became a leader exactly the same as the way I did in my corporate job by being really good at something. Mm-hmm. That means that I have a lot of work and a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. to actually show up in the right way for people. And sometimes I get it right and sometimes I get it wrong. And you have to acknowledge it both ways. But what I won't tolerate is being shamed for showing up and doing my best when. Right, yeah yeah because that's all I can ever do and that's all anyone can ever do so if you're thinking oh my god like as a if I want to be a leader I should be going out and doing xyz well there isn't any one size fits all and I don't think anyone else gets to dictate what you should be doing and I certainly don't think that you should put stock in people who you can't win for doing anything you know that that's the reality at the moment so just do what you want to do and following suit doesn't mean you're following what's right. You're just following oh. what's loudest. Oh my God, like the sheeple. Can we just... <laughs> yeah, I love that sheeple. Right? Yeah. But, but it's the thing. Oh, I want to be part of the popular clique or I want to be part of the... I, I'm not at high school anymore. Mm-hmm. I left a long time ago and I'm done with trying to be one of the popular girls. Didn't work out for me when I was 15. It's not going to work out for me now. Like, it, it's You've got to at some point accept that you're always going to do there's a great quote and i'm going to absolutely paraphrase it terribly so someone will have to to google it but there's a great quote from somebody who says you will always be the villain in somebody else's story and you have to accept that you will always be the villain in someone else's story and i love that and i think that's so powerful because I could turn around and I could go, Fran, it's not my fault. You know, I never wanted to be a leader. I shouldn't have to take any responsibility for it. You know, I should just be allowed to say whatever I want to say. And and people should go and do their own research and, and whatever. But the reality is in creating the business that I wanted to create, really wanted to create in standing out in the market and going, I'm going to do something that's really new that isn't being done mm. uh, all that often in burning down something that was, pre-existing and really successful and then teaching people different ways I was always setting myself up to be a leader mm-hmm. but that always also meant I was always setting myself up to be the villain in someone else's story yeah I was always setting myself up to be blamed by somebody who didn't do the work and didn't get the results yes. I was always setting myself up to be blamed by the person who didn't share my opinion on something and didn't like my content I was always setting myself up to be blamed by you know, peers in my industry who didn't like what I was teaching or didn't like that I was taking market share or whatever. Fine. That is my responsibility. Mm. And I get to be okay with that because when I chose this path, I looked at those secondary gains. What will I get from it? What will be positive? And what might not be great? Yeah. Is it worth it? Yeah. And that's the thing. I can hear Max snoring. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he's like great stay away from me <laughs> this whole thing about right and wrong people trying to label things as right and wrong and it's like what's 
everybody's looking to what's right and wrong for other people and not looking at what's right and wrong for them. And that's why, it, you know, it's, it's been a funny one for me, this whole situation, because people are like, oh my goodness, you must be so busy. Cause it, like yeah. everyone must be looking to you. I'm like, yeah, but they want it for free right now. Yeah. You know? And this is the thing is I'm direct, I've got a ton of free resources. We might do. It's like that. It's all there, and this is why I'm doing the replays, the reminders. Like, please use these tools, use this way of thinking, because this is what it's here for, you know. But it's it's nobody's kind of taking that step back and saying, okay, hang on, what do I think and what do I believe? And when people are judgy or rude or blame anyone else, it's, the reality is, it's never really about that person it's about the person doing the blaming and the judging because all they're doing is projecting or jealous of something or you're triggering something in them because you're doing something that they know they're not that they could there's all yeah. these different reasons that we do it but the thing that i've found that the most interesting in this is, is how wild the trolls have gone and, and they're not necessarily even trolls it's like normal people on the other side of computer screens just hurling judgment at other people when everybody's just trying to do the best that they can with where they're at and what they've got right now so this is where it leads me nicely onto onto your email and i oh. absolutely loved it because it's, okay. it, everybody has their own priorities so tell us a little bit about that email because i think all of this that we've been talking about is what led to it but tell us a little bit about what it said um it was born out of i think not frustration but I'd, I'd been sitting on it for a few days. I'd been getting a lot of messages from people who were like, oh, why are you not showing up and, and writing all these free posts on coronavirus for free? And why are you not on every video series? And why are you not putting out loads of content? Why are you not holding a summit like other people are? And why are you not doing X and Y? Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, it was because I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. I was so tired, even at that point of hearing about coronavirus and how awful it is. And, and I get that. I know that. Mm -hmm. But I was so tired of being told about it and people using it to sell their stuff or not sell their stuff or judge others for selling their stuff or shame others for not selling their stuff. Like, and it really, really got to a point for me where I wanted to explain to my audience exactly why I had been feeling like I was being judged and shamed and like I wasn't the right leader for them because mm -hmm. I was getting these messages all of the time from people asking why you know why aren't you doing these things and so I, I felt like I owed them an explanation of why I wasn't and I also wanted to make sure that people understood what the reality of leadership looks like you know, and so in that email, I explained, like, I really haven't felt like a leader recently. I've been made to feel, you know, like I'm doing things wrong. Mm -hmm. But the reality is I'm, I'm not showing up and doing all of these things because I don't want to do those things because I don't think it's going to benefit my audience at all. And I went on to explain what I was doing that perhaps people weren't seeing behind the scenes. And that was, you know, I'm spending 
time in my local community delivering care parcels to the elderly because I, I want them to not have to go and, and queue in a supermarket. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm spending time virtually with my friends and family because they're not necessarily used to working from home and they don't get it and they're feeling isolated and their jobs are at risk. And, and that's more important to me right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm spending time with my existing clients, mm-hmm. making sure that I'm fully supporting them. You know, I'm reading children's books twice a week so that their parents can go in and do some business development. My team is, is working behind the scenes to help children um, create their own magazines using Canva. They're taking them on virtual museum tours so that their parents can get time to complete the courses of mine that they're actually in. Mm-hmm. I'm showing up and adding extra pieces to my courses, extra content to my courses, so that my paying clients can be supported mm-hmm. during this time. And that means that actually leadership for me is not something that necessarily happens publicly and that's why I'm not out on every platform it's why I'm not aiming to profit from the the corona content train that that's out there because I would rather make sure that the rest of my priorities my friends my family my clients my community my staff my you know the amazing people on my team who need paying and and financial support I would rather prioritize them than people who aren't in that circle. You know, and that sounds really harsh and that's a really hard decision to have to make to send out an email to people who primarily consume free content and say, well, look, you know, I'm not prioritizing you guys at this time because I'm doing all of this. Mm-hmm. And I got like 70 emails back from people who went, oh my God, I feel so much better that you've said yeah. this. Like I feel so much better and and thank you because I haven't been wanting to create content around coronavirus either. And I'd felt like I had to, and now I feel like I can just relax and you know, Oh, actually I've just been avoiding content about coronavirus altogether. So I'm so glad that you said that's okay. And you know, and I I talked about being positive and, and the fact that I'm not like, I'm, I'm not overly worried about all of this and that I can't make myself just because that's what everyone else wants to feel right now. Yeah. It's like this validation. And this is my whole thing about like, why am I feeling bad for not feeling bad? Like that is the most bonkers thing in the world. Like if, and and this is where, where it gets a bit weird because you're like, people are looking to me to be a leader in mindset, but they're also looking to me to, to feel bad. I'm like, they don't tally for me. And, And that's the reality. Leadership is a, a double-edged sword and I think mm. sometimes you win and sometimes you lose mm. and it's always going to be at the same time with mm. different people yeah, exactly. and, and that's what you have to accept and and for me I think that is really hard I you know I think everybody has a desire to people please um you know I, I think there's always that ingrained in us and particularly as women I think that society teaches us that we should be nurturing everybody else and we should be looking after everybody else and prioritizing them above ourselves mm. I also think that if you do that you end up very unhappy and very unfulfilled yes and I think that you know society teaches us that it's selfish to want the things that we want to do the things that we want to do. But ultimately, you know, how is that working out for the world? Because all of these people who are really unhappy doing things that they hate are the ones who are sat on Facebook trolling people and being judgy and and being shamed, you know, or, or shaming others and, and doing all this kind of stuff. 
that isn't positive. It's not impacting the world in a positive way. Mm. It's not doing anything. that themselves feel better. Exactly. That's and that's the reality. Whereas if they'd have just done the thing they wanted to do in the first place for themselves and mm. felt better, maybe they wouldn't have had to get to that place of tearing somebody else down mm-hmm. to bring themselves up. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. the, that's the, the kind of question for me is if we just did it, in the first place, if we focused on ourselves and went, okay, what's going to make me feel better at this time, mm. even though it's scary, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's, it's mm. you know, the worst thing I might have ever faced, mm-hmm. that's, you know, is that going to be more likely to impact the world around you mm. and, and therefore the world at large in a more positive and beneficial way? And I, I think and believe the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And it's that thing, it's, it's with all this pressure on people to kind of show up, what, is, what does that even mean? You yeah. know, and it's like, it's, it's this whole thing of all this coronavirus content, the additional things, the group, uh, group stuff, it has its place. And, you know, you do whatever you need right now. And it's not making it right or wrong. But my opinion, and I have to stand by my opinion and my belief, and from knowing what I know, is that all you're doing is focusing on the negative. You're focusing on the things that aren't great right now. Whereas you have an opportunity to say, okay, this isn't great. There's no denying that. However, these are the things that are within my control. These are the things that I can do. So this is how I'm going to choose to look at it. Whereas we all know that what you focus on grows. We know that. We know that when it comes to physical pain, emotional trauma, anything along those lines, what you focus on grows and gets worse. So the more specific content, because all of this content, and I was saying to Jess before we, we, we started recording, all of this content's already out there. This is why I'm doing the replays, because I really want this message to land, that you have everything you need right now, already. Go back to basics and go back to yourself. Go back to actually understanding what it is that you feel you believe that you think is right and analyze your business or if you're thinking about starting a business what can you do now because there's so many things with this and it's difficult because Tobin and I live in the countryside and even Tobin he's a forager but there's been moments where we're like oh should we post this picture of glorious countryside Mm -hmm. and I don't think that's right because I and, and we kind of had this big discussion about it and I'm like if you're posting it in a gloating way that's probably a little bit tone deaf <laughs> but, if but if you're posting it in a look we lost everything mm-hmm. look where we're at now but this is by our own design this is what we wanted for our life and this is what we made yeah it took us many years to recover from it but my god am I grateful like that's my number one thing that I'm always feeling at any one time is the sheer gratitude for where we are and the sheer gratitude for having going, having gone through all that stuff. And it is trauma. It's emotional trauma. You know, a lot of it was around people who we trusted. It was brutal, absolutely brutal. And it was the best thing that could have happened to us. So the message I want to get across to people is no matter how bad you're feeling right now no it's not forever stop judging yourself because the judgment from other people is actually just making you judge yourself i think it's one of those things you don't have to believe fran or i 
and mm. you could you know you could sit there and go well this you know my situation well, right now is, is, is worse than anything that you guys could have possibly ever experienced and I think here's the thing it might be yeah it might be and and to it it will be to you mm-hmm. and so I think you have to own the fact that yes there are people out there who have been through worse there are people out there who've been through less your feelings are valid whatever they are and the reality is that you can choose to feel it for however long you want you can choose to make it as easy or as difficult as you want to make it but you only have two options you can step out entirely and go do you know what I'm just not going to deal with the situation however that looks it might be that you know you're you're stuck in a marriage for 50 years that you really hate because you're just like you know what i'm just gonna whatever i'm just gonna ignore it i'm gonna pretend that it's not happening right you you might never you might never do the thing or you go through it and you go ah i accept that in going through this it's going to feel horrendous at points there are going to be days where i do not want to get up and i just want to just stay in bed and watch netflix and pretend that the world does not exist Mm -hmm. I accept that I'm going to be in immense pain and that I am potentially going to regret some of the decisions that I'm making today, but I will, I will get through it and I will look back on the other side and I will go, you know, and it might take you a year or two years or three years or however long, but you will get through to that other side and you will go, ah, okay. Yeah. This This is what I wanted to feel when I made the decision to go through all of the crap to get here. This is why I did it. And you will get to that point. You might have to wait a while, but it doesn't come if you don't go through. If you keep avoiding it forever, if you step completely out, that feeling never comes. So you get to make your choice. It's not down to Fran or I or whoever to make that for you. It's only down to you. Mm. But that's the reality. Step out or go through. Mm-hmm. and that's the thing is it it really like, what a lovely note to end on it <laughs> really is, and this is the thing i'm always telling people and people love to argue against this point but it is a choice you do get a choice you don't get to you don't get to choose what happens to you but you get to choose how you react to it and mm-hmm. how it makes you behave you do get that choice and that's the thing you know people who argue about it and they're like oh it's not a choice you don't understand no i do understand Mm. it's inconvenient yes and that's the thing and there are higher levels of inconvenience and lower levels of inconvenience but the reality is there is absolutely no situation that is ever not changeable through your choice Mm -hmm. and the reality is is if it's not changing you have not made a choice and that again is a choice. It's it's totally up to you. So you know, take it, take our advice or leave it. You know, you'll you'll come back to it. I'm sure if you don't, <laughs> because it, this may it, require a couple of listens. Yeah. <laughs> so if people are thinking about having a little pivot in their business, if, they, if people are thinking about introducing another revenue stream, because that's one of the things that has been so amazing for me is having multiple revenue streams in my business. A couple have dried up to death. Others are still going. This is the thing. It's like is magic when you can actually diversify and if you're thinking about looking into a corporate revenue stream if you feel like you're done with the online space a little bit it's i wholeheartedly and i don't recommend people lightly go follow jess she's the only person that you need to follow in this space so tell people where they can find you 
if you want to hang out and talk all things corporate and how sexy it really is behind the scenes um it is, it, it is. like it really is I, I keep telling people it's not but it, it just so is um then you can check out my podcast it's called selling to corporate because i'm too lazy to name things uh, interestingly <laughs> you can head to smartleadersell.com and you can you know check out pictures of max on my website which is pretty much all that's there Everyone's wondering who Max is now because I know. <laughs> Max is it's a snoring like, pooch. <laughs> yeah, he, he is just living the life of Riley at the yeah. moment. Um, Max should be the most grateful dog in the world as a rescue, uh, but he is not. And when I tell him that he should be grateful, he just looks at me in a way that's just like, no, I'm, I'm oh, the, the same with Milo. I think all these rescues have an attitude problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me on today. Seriously, it's been it's been really really interesting discussion. And I think you know if you are listening to this and you are thinking, oh my goodness, like I need to make a pivot, or I'm really worried about something, or you know I don't think I can cope with burning something down you can and you will but if you've been listening to Fran and you haven't gone and had a chat with her about it make sure you do you know make this be the the time in your life that you put you first and go and do something for yourself rather than just listening to this and being like oh yeah well you know in a couple of months or when I find the right time instead just just book the call now and then what you choose to do with it is up to you yeah but if you don't book it nothing changes Oh, thanks, Gorge. You're welcome. I'm sure we will have many conversations and get franty pants around other situations that start going on in the online space. <laughs> I love it. But as always, a pleasure. Um, and if you guys aren't following her already, if you've got this far, what are you waiting for? Off you pop. Um, and I will see you next week. Bye. So. If you got value from this and you know in your gut that now is the time to step up and start rewiring your thinking and changing things for yourself, then book in a free discovery call so we can work out what needs to happen to get you from where you're at right now to the action-taking success you know you can be. And if you want my eyes and ears on your problems, I work with people one-on-one and through my proactive pants mastermind. So stop waiting for if and when and decide to change things now because you can. And as always, I hope that was helpful. So any questions, just let me know. And as always, I will see you next week. Bye.